Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise. Welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about to and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. Hello and welcome to Vagina Talks. I'm your host, Sophia Wise One, and I am here today with the Empress. Welcome back through the magic of, you know, I love it, the magic of the internet. Uh, the Empress of Excitement and Empowerment, also known as a beloved new and dear friend, Emerald Green Forest, is, let me tell you, let me tell you a little bit about her is the founder and lead visionary of Creative Age Consulting Group. I love that name. An internationally known speaker, transformation artist, Be the Change Movement to Watch award winner, one of America's premier experts, and the host of Men on Purpose podcast. She works with multidimensional men who are called to be on the vanguard of the creative age. Emerald has been a serial entrepreneur for more than 30 years. She's been around a block or two. A Quilly Award-winning writer whose work and message has been featured in multiple books and magazines. She has also appeared on the major media circuit on over 500 live and virtual stages. Her list goes on and on. New York Times best-selling authors, Hay House Radio, uh, CNBC's Nirma, Nirma, Nirma. I'm amazing. I do wonderful things. I'm so grateful to know you, Emerald. Uh-huh. Welcome, and uh, just really grateful to have you and your wisdom and and your your light and radiance. So, welcome to Vagina Talks. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sophia. And everything that you see in me is also in you because we are one breath. So, thank you. Thank Excited you. to be here. Yeah. Let's um let's see it's just a little tune in here. Let's start with um I want to know what your vagina would like to say to all of us today. What was like So, I love that. <laughs> That's a great way to get started. Yeah. What would my vagina like to say? Uh I'm going to just give me a second to yeah. really get uh present and clear. So I'm I'm looking right now at my own vision board from the beginning of last year, and there's two messages on there that my vagina is um, really kind of pointing out to me. And one is, I give myself permission to dot, dot, dot. And the other is, yes, you can afford to be great. (sighs) 
And the, I think the third thing my vagina wants to say is uh, it's okay to open, expand, and engulf. Tell us more about how that's okay. That feels edgy and important. Well, it's interesting. I was, um, I have a colleague on Facebook who was writing, uh, probably about two weeks ago. And she, she writes a lot about the divine feminine and the sacred feminine and pleasure. And, and in this post, she was writing about infiltrating and, uh, injecting into a corporate environment. And as I was reading it, I thought to myself, self, is that feminine language or is that more masculine language masquerading behind this projection of, hey, I'm doing sacred feminine work? And so as I sat with that question, um, the words that came to me are, if if you're going to put yourself out there as somebody who's doing sacred feminine work, though the the words to me would be more like engulfing and embracing and encompassing and bringing in rather than infiltrating and inserting. And so so yeah, so my vagina is is um is at a point now where it's been closed off for a very, very long time. Uh, and where I, I actually myself have been really presencing in the world much more of the masculine energy and specifically the warrior energy. And you and I actually did a little body of work together on my body recently. And one of the first things that happened in that body of work was an extraction of the lance that I was carrying, the javelin that I was carrying um, in my left hand and on my left side. And as that, as I finally let that go, it was like, it felt like the, the last piece of armoring and weaponry that I've been dismantling from my field and from my body and from my vagina for a long time and in that release, in that letting go, the opening came and the creation of the capacity to truly access more of the feminine way of being was allowed to start to bubble itself up. And, and so when I saw that post, I was like, yeah, it's really not about attacking or implanting or injecting or any of those things, if we want to create change from a feminine side of things, it's really more about engulfing, kind of like the immune system, like the white blood cells mm. that engulf and disintegrate. So, so the invitation from the vagina is it's okay now, permission. I give myself permission to open and engulf because, um, yes, it's time for all of us to be great. Tell me more about the alchemy, um, and the transmutation process that can take place when we like deeper, deeply receive, when we take something in that, um, 
And I'll say this, there's a time when no and uh, do not enter me is the accurate and healing and transformational and alchemical process. So we can talk about that too. Um, and uh, so there's a time when no is the alchemical process and there's a time where yes and the receiving is the transformation, is is the changing, is 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 the process. Tell me about what you know about that. Mm. So I feel like I'm really at the beginning, interestingly enough, of that at another level in my life. So at one point in my own personal journey, I was very left-brained, very masculine, very, I was in the real estate business. Then I had a spiritual awakening. And as a result of that spiritual awakening, part of that journey included taking apprenticeship from a shamanic um, teacher who was very much bringing forward the feminine aspects of, of myself. And in that process, I opened to start being able to receive messages from spirit and becoming more of a channel and, and, um, becoming more open to alternative ways of thinking and alternative ways of being in the world. And then I went back, it's kind of like I've done this back and forth dance, uh, where, there's, there was a part of me that was very highly reliant on the more masculinized, structured, left-brained, logical uh, way of being, even though the more feminine, uh, open, receptive, soft, nurturing way of being felt healthier and more nourishing. And, and for me, it's it's actually, I'm, I'm at a place where I want them married. I just want them to be married. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I was actually going to say. I was, my next question was going to be like, so I feel like I've come to a place where I recognize that the masculine and the feminine, this idea of this uh, dichotomy or this binary, this separation is really useful as an exercise, as a, a tool to explore something kind of like a zoom in, uh, like a, a, a hyper, a hyper focus point, it can be really useful, uh, though it loses some coherency or some, uh, of us, I guess some of my, I, I lose some of my wholeness and that if eventually if I go deep enough, I start coming into the other. So it's like I go deep, 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 deep into the feminine and I start entering a piercing or a penetrating energy where now I'm then like looping through into the masculine. So I was actually going to, that was exactly what I was going to say. So, so what are you experiencing or what, what is this? You want them to be married. Yes. Have you, have you felt that? Is that something that you're touching in on? Is that something that you're. Yeah, I am. I am touching in on it. And here's what I, here's what I'm aware of right in this present moment. Um, In order for them to be married, the weaponry had to be put down and the warrior's gifts integrated. So not rejecting the warrior, but um, being complete with the act of warring. Mm. So that the actual uh, distillation of results from that exercise, 
which would be tenacity and courage and persistence and focus and uh, and those are the ones that come to mind immediately. Risk taking. Risk taking. Yeah, all of those qualities are now distilled for integration, and it's no longer necessary to continue to be in battle because. It's like when a sword gets forged as it's going through the fire, you don't leave it in the fire forever. You right. know, it has to come out on the other side. So so in order to be married, the weaponry had to be put down because my feminine side could not receive my masculine side while the, the weaponry was still active, if that makes any kind of sense. And my masculine side couldn't put down the weaponry until it felt free of any judgment against it from my feminine side. And, and that for me, what I'm kind of just getting right now is my feminine's willingness to embrace and accept and engulf and include and bring in and, and, allow for the what has been so that those great qualities could be integrated without while still holding the boundary on it's no longer acceptable for that to continue so there was something about boundaries for the feminine side mm -hmm. that needed to be really clear uh, in order for a sufficient amount of relaxation of judgment for the for the bonding between the two. And I feel like I'm really like so at the freaking beginning of that. So I love that. I just want to. Yeah, no, I love that. There, There's this, you know, the boundaries, a strong enough boundary that allows the judgment to be at ease. Right. Mm -hmm. So judgment or discernment, healthy, useful, valuable judgment. Um, is used, the tool, the cultivation of that is so that we can, uh, judgment helps us discern what is in integrity, what is in alignment, what is nourishing, what is safe, right? Mm -hmm. So that we can then establish a boundary. If that boundary mm -hmm. is established, we can then relax the judgments. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I, I, I really, I really love that. And the other piece of, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And I think this I imagine will resonate with a lot of people, um, which is that that masculine needing to put down the weaponry because the weaponry has been used against the feminine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the feminine's like, oh, hey. And then the masculine's like warring. It's just literally shooting and blowing up and attacking everything. And so if it turns, if you get that masculine's attention, what you're getting is weaponry until exactly. until that warrior has 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 calmed out of their panic mode. And in that same way that, um, that, that feminine war tool is that, is that, uh, judging is that controlling manipulation, judging piece again, that same place. So it's like, everybody's like freak out meter kind of, you know, calms, but it doesn't calm by denying the warrior or by denying discernment. It calms by, like you said, integrating, having deep clarity of discernment, having deep clarity of the warrior, um, the ability to, and then, the, and then again, it's like the marriage of that. It's like, 
Now these two things stand in the heart, right? So it's like they stand or in the wound, they stand in that center core place so that um, we know when my mother taught, she, my mom's taught yoga basically mostly all of my life. And when she teaches the warrior pose, um, you know, she teaches the first job of the warrior is to show up, is to be present. And the second job of the warrior is to keep uh, the boundary without judgment. So just this is the boundary and I'm keeping it. And the third is to do it at all costs. Mm. And, and that most of the time, uh, things are resolved by step one, <laughs> just by showing up. And mm. that the rest of them are really mostly uh, totally resolved at step two, which is just making clarity of like, you just didn't know this is where the boundary is. Now you know. And that for the most part, most of us actually calm once we know where the boundary is. Oh, did I overstep? Okay. You know, and we can kind of settle back in. And that the all costs, the act of drawing the sword comes way, way, way after the fact when when those things have been established. And I feel like that's that same place where the masculine and the feminine, it's like, oh, if you were if you were cleared and now you've crossed it and now you're attacking, my action is not war making, it's peacemaking. At that point, at that point, what I need to do is about maintaining integrity, soulful, spiritual um, well-being for everybody. I'm just maintaining the boundary, you know, mm. as opposed to no discernment, no clarity, no showing up, not present, dissociative reaction in a habit mindset, no boundaries. Everything's not there's no agreements. There's no transparency, um, you know, and, and weapons flinging everywhere, whatever, whatever they are. Sure. So I want to speak to two things on the, the feminine, masculine, uh, more on the feminine side of things, but a around this weaponry. So on the masculine side, there's like what I would call overt weaponry. Ah. And on the feminine side is what I would call the covert. So on the feminine side, it's the it's the checking out. It's the manipulation. It's the judgment versus discernment. So to me, judgment and discernment are two very different things. Uh, when I'm using the word judgment, it is in, in opposition to whatever is being present and uh, without acceptance of whatever's being present, a rejection of what's being presented to us mm -hmm. versus discernment, which is well, hey, I see you over there, chocolate pudding, but you're just not for me because vanilla is my preference. And and discerning to me is is much more self-awareness versus judgment, which is much more uh, defensive and rejective in a, uh, a more of a weaponry kind of way, a covert weaponry kind of way. Yeah. So that's, that's what I feel like I need to say about the covert. I feel like the feminine side engages in the covert more so than the masculine side, which is much more the overt. And, and for me, I feel like I have got very strong muscles on, on my masculine side. Like the, the weaponry is, I, I really honed that so well and my work in order to make the marriage work is becoming 
even more capable of expressing verbally the boundaries without having to show the weaponry, right? Right. And trusting that my voice and my, my energetic presence and stance and my valuing of my myself and those aspects of myself is sufficient that simply expressing the boundary creates the clarity. And, and I feel even though I've I've actually worked for years around voice and working with uh, for many years, I worked with women helping them find their voice. And now I'm I'm being guided and called to spend more time working with men, helping them to find their repressed voices uh, for me, it's it's I still know that asserting my truth is a place that is an edge for me to continue to work in order for this marriage to work. Okay. Can, would you mm. drop into a tender space and share from that? Just. Sure. Yeah. So um, I will give you an example of something that just happened in the last 48 hours where I um, connected with a man. And so backstory, it's been it's literally been nine years since I had a, a mate or a partner. And in the last nine years, um, I've actually had intercourse twice in 2015 with two different men because there was a part of me that was like, oh, my God, I've got to get laid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, please, God, let this not be like the rest of my life, not getting laid. Right. Um, So I just did it because I just needed to do that. Um, And then and then this man kind of materialized out of the blue in the last few months. So anyway, this man and I had an encounter that we co-created and I, um, I held my position, but I held it silently. I didn't actually speak in that intimate moment. Like I, was very clear that I wasn't having intercourse with him without using my gear. Because I, one of the things I found out in 2015 is I ha- am super sensitive to latex condoms. Like they do not make me happy. My pussy is very, very not happy with latex condoms. So I learned something. I was like, oh, okay, I have to have my own gear, which at first felt like so weird and very um, like – takes the spontaneity out and, um, but at the same time was very self-affirming and self-nurturing like, Oh, Oh yeah, I need gear. And so I have to just accept that I require gear and this is my gear and this was works for me. So when I, I made this date with this man, it was clear to him. I had made it clear to him up front that I had gear, like I'm going to bring my gear and we need to use my gear because that's the way it's going to work for me. And when it came time for the gear to be broken out, um, I, you know, I, you know, as we approached the point of intercourse where he said, I want, I want to be in you. I was like, Oh, got to have gear, got out my gear. And he said, Oh, that's a buzzkill. And in that moment, it like, 
it actually killed my buzz. And I didn't even, I did, I could, I still was not at a place where I could say, Hey, you know what? If you really feel like this is a buzzkill, then maybe we should stop right now and I should get out of this bed and I should go home. I, I didn't do that for myself and I'm not going to punish myself around that. I'm not going to be angry with myself around that. I'm not going to judge myself around that. I'm just going to observe and be present to, uh, you know, I, I just handed him the condom and it, you know, I made it clear with my actions that we weren't going any further without that. Um, and at the same time, my, my feminine voice that wants to stand for herself and feel like it's okay to express her truth clearly and cleanly and without feeling any kind of weirdness or judgment towards herself or any of that, she's still really quiet. And so, yeah, so I guess if that's a vulnerable thing to share. It is. And I, and I want to, you can hear me, right? Okay. I I want to, (laughs) I want to, cause I just, I, so I resonate with what you're saying. I know other people are going to, and I want to bring us all the way through, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to bring us into that place of what is that feminine voice? Cause we know that place. Like, and you know, I'll say with compassion for any of you who, have in response to that even backed down on your boundary, you know, like you kept that boundary. You were like, here it is. Here's the thing. Even though there was a part of you that shut down and there was a part of you that didn't really necessarily stay fully involved and kept going and, you know, that it's not a hundred percent, but you know, that all of those kind of the, the steps through that, that like all the way on the other side of that, um, so there's a couple different ways for us to do this and kind of like pulling us all the way through in times of coming to this voice, right? Mm-hmm. And one is, because you said it in this like hypothetical, right? And it's like that mm-hmm. place of being like, I didn't say. And so what is it to like move ourselves back into the seat? And like, what is that? Like, what does that say? Like from that center place, it says, you know, it's like, and I can, I can use my words. You can use yours. We can both do it. Like, what is that? And it's like, I want the people listening to like practice saying it with us out loud. You know, that place of like, when, when we put that boundary down and the response that we get is your boundary is shitty. Mm. Right. Cause yeah. that's like what it, it's like subtly or overtly, like, I don't like your boundary. Yeah. Right. Like what, 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 where, what voice, what, what is something that our voice can wear? In response yeah, well, I feel like I have to, even before we get to what the voice wears, I feel like what I want to presence here is it was like I got down into the next layer of the part of me that still doesn't feel fully worthy mm-hmm. of having what I desire, of having the respect of, of, and and even the, the part of me that feels in some way connected to and immersed in scarcity. And, and it feels very, very connected to the teachings of my mother line and perhaps even the cultural mother line of, you know, take what you can get. Oof. Yeah. Take what you can get because, you know, because it, you, you know, there might not be another opportunity kind of thing. And, and I feel like there's like this 
it's it's no longer a like a tap root for me, but it feels like a little like root like tendril that's still in the soil of of um I require to it's required for me to lower myself and my standards in order to perpetuate the species in some way, right? In order to just take what's available and be accepting of what's available, even if it's not up to my standards, because, um, cause there might not be another one. And so if there were words for the me that I was in that moment that I could give back to her through the last 48 hours in time, the words would be, you are worthy of whatever you desire and so much more. And you are at choice in this moment and every moment to say, I am complete with this experience whenever you want to, whenever you want to. And so what was amazing was before this, we were engaged in an oral um, exchange and I had this amazing laughgasm. So I was like totally open and like all of my receptors were on and I was like, yes, that was fucking awesome. And then when it came to the next step in the in the unfolding journey, um, like you have permission. I give myself permission. I'm going to go right back to what my pussy said at the beginning. I give myself permission to stop any time and to say to myself, I am worthy of defending. I am worthy of having what I desire. I am worthy of so much more. I am worthy of pleasure. And there is more than enough every day, all the time to fulfill my desires. And I can get up right now and walk out and I will be just freaking fine. <laughs> And his, oh, so here's one more piece. And this comes actually from a teacher of mine, um, Saida Desaletz, who was the woman who introduced me to the jade egg. This was such a mind blower. Like I was 52 years old or something when, when I got this information from her, or 50, at least I was past 50. Um, when she deposited into my awareness that a man's erection is his responsibility. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. 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 And I'll say that is true. Like my partner's arousal is their responsibility. Yeah. My arousal and is mine. my responsibility. Yeah. And mine is mine. Exactly. And mine is mine. So in that moment when, I, when he said the words, it's a buzzkill – Right. And it, it actually f was a fulfilling prophecy because it actually did start to kill my own buzz and, and then created an experience of painful intercourse um, as a result, as a consequence. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to project onto that, but that's what happened. It, it became painful intercourse for me. Um, what 
what I could do better moving forward from here is take responsibility for my own uh, arousal and and then verbalize and say, oh, wow, you know what? I am now not on. I'm now not on. I'm turned off now. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Boy, that was, you know, that was kind of fun. Having this laughgasm was great. And that commentary that just came into this space, um, the, the consequence of that co- commentary, the result uh, that was, you know, precipitated out of that commentary, uh, I am now less than turned on. My buzz has been killed. So, you know, maybe we maybe we're done and maybe I should go home. Bye. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. I love that. I'm going to practice. I'm going to join with you. So it's, it's like in that place. And I just really, really appreciate the, that, that speaking to that first step speaking to, it's like when I come to that place of, I am worthy what I want. Uh, I, I, it's like, it's so it's even, I mean, I felt it right. So it's that you can remind me if I'm forgetting here, um, that, uh, what, what, what are we in that moment? Right. It's like, I'm worthy. I can have what I want. Uh, I can have what I want and more pleasure is, uh, you know, having a standard of pleasure is a wonderful thing. I deserve it. Uh, I'm worth defending. My desires are valuable and worthwhile. And I have a little voice in my head that's about being disruptive. It's not disruptive. <laughs> it's yeah. it's welcome. It's important. Okay, so it's like as I feel all of that, right? And then something that comes up and then that it, if I'm feeling that in response to that, then what comes up for me from that place is um you know what? Actually, I'm good. Yeah. You know, that, actually that <laughs> uh, actually, I'm good. And so the other thing I want to say here, too, is if we're responsible for our own turn on. Yeah. Um, for me personally, him saying, oh, using this condom is going to be a buzzkill. For me personally, that was a a poking of my boundary. Right. However, what I want to invite is the is the deeper awareness that that this is both universal, this invitation to being aware of our own and responsible for our own arousal is both universal and unique. So for somebody else, they may not have even heard that. Right. Because they may have been so fully engaged in their own arousal right. and flowing with their own arousal and taking responsibility for their own arousal that they may not even have heard something like that and may not have um, responded internally. I mean, I responded internally and and we're now kind of crafting an external response. Uh, I I think it comes back to how responsible can we each be for our own arousal and, and for riding that energy, um, to its fullest potential and, and, and somewhat simultaneously being discerning about when there's a short circuit in the energy flow, right? Which takes it kind of out of personalities and out of scenarios and brings it more to the, the energetic level and, and the sensitivity to that. And being what I hear in that and what I feel like I need to bring back in is like, and the permission to just be true to that. 
that like there's a flow and then when the flow changes or does it like there's like what is it when we take the blame out and just say like you know um you know because that's my thing it's like I used to get really mad at mm. someone else's when some when my experience created a disappointment in their arousal i would get angry at them and mm. that's the part that i feel like i'm 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 interested in um on the one hand as a let's say a long term partner something like um or like a lover i guess maybe even a lover mm. in a night that said uh that's a buzzkill i might actually be pretty fierce in that moment and be like oh this is a buzzkill <laughs> But then I want you to know you're never putting anything inside me ever again now. Because no, actually, there's so many layers. If you're interested in knowing about that, I'm open to having that conversation with you, but not any more conversations about sex because that's so indicative of so many layers that are problematic that I don't want inside my vagina. So I'm good. Thanks. And, you know, like that, like I'm good here not going any farther uh, but that's some bullshit i don't want to deal with you know um yeah. you know like that all the layers of that and i think that's the part that's like if it was inside a deeper relationship that i knew or i had to think and that was their own stuff coming up it wasn't really about me or whatever and i'm just like running old stories there might be a tender moment or something there i might say something like you know and that's the part where it's like i don't want to get angry at my lover i want to be present mm-hmm. Right. And is yeah. that is it is it a statement that's indicative? Right. And this is where we come out of scenarios into variety where it's indicative of a wound where somehow mm-hmm. my lover just got wounded. And I, as their lover, shift gears and say, you know what? This isn't about penetration now. This is about mm-hmm. tending your wound. We just bumped mm-hmm. into a wound. Like, mm-hmm. wh- why is taking care and respect of everybody um, a buzzkill? That's a deep mm-hmm. wound. So, mm-hmm. like, let's follow like that's that's where that shifts. Um and the whole energy goes that way, or maybe it's a pause, like a subtle, like let's hold the current here, like mm. let's just wait, break down the sails, and like it's not over, but let's check in. Like, did you mean that? Like, did you mean that? And then being like, I have no idea why I said that's a weird autopilot. It's not a buzzkill. I'm totally right here. I'm so glad you brought your own gear. That was weird. And the, a, an element of truth, like whether that feels like a lie, because that's again, mm. I'm good. Don't need to deal with that bullshit. Or whether it feels mm. like. Yeah, it's weird. These things come out of our mouths sometimes. Like, and then, and then we look back in, we get back in, you know, but that none of that conversation can happen when I just get mad that now I've disappointed them, which is like my own perfectionism coming up and being like, I'm mad now, I'm mad at you because you're mad at me. And that, whew, that circuitry is so unfortunate. Yeah. Well, what, what fascinates me is you're going through that whole, um, uh, scenario is I became incredibly aware as you were, as you were talking there, like I internalized the whole thing. Um, and again, I'm going to come back to what I said at the beginning before we were talking about this, about like, there's so much more work for me to, or space for me to make mm-hmm. for, honoring and appreciating and, uh, respecting my own feminine and her right to set boundaries. And, um, what happened for me was I didn't pick up here. So here was the advance for me. What the advance for me was I didn't pick up my weapon because the weapon's not there anymore. Right. Right. And I did not meet 
the moment with the wisdom of utilizing my words to express my feelings, my own personal feelings, I sunk again into the collective conditioning of we need to bring this to its logical conclusion. We're going to go all the way. We've dr- I've driven all the way to Providence. Right. You know? <laughs> Uh, where I, I haven't had sex for two years. We're right. going to like, so there's this the part of me right. that wants to fulfill the agenda mm-hmm. that I, I may have let go of the, the weaponry, but there's still some pieces that want to be dismantled in service to the rising up of the capacity for me to express in the to be so attuned and sensitized and aware and self affirming in any moment regardless of the level of arousal of what's real and true for me and feeling like I can fear nothing and drink water and express myself in that moment uh even if it does kill the buzz for both of us right to be willing to accept those consequences for a greater experience of relationship with myself first and then with another human being second. So this gave me so much. It was, I'm so grateful to this person for helping me to see where I still have uh, work around this. And my vagina was happy and angry simultaneously in the whole experience. And I'm ex overall, I did not project anything onto him. Uh, I did assess and discern that I'm not going to repeat that right for myself, but I didn't feel like the need to say, um, yeah, we're all done. I'm never going to talk to you again. Like, I didn't feel that at all. I just felt like, okay, this is more for me to work on for myself. And in fact, one of the things that um, happened while I was at his house was he handed me a book he wrote about being a dad and his two daughters. It's like a little children's book. And I'm, I'm, this was before this whole thing happened. So I'm reading his book and I'm like, oh my God, this is great. This is so beautiful for a dad and his two daughters. And like, like there's a part of him that's so on purpose in that, that I actually reached out and asked him if he'd like to be interviewed on my men. I may never have sex with him again. Right. <laughs> um, I will have a synergistic exchange of energy on a different level with this person because I, I have also let go of the judgment and I'm working now with the discernment and the discernment says, well, that was fun. This was fun. This was fun. This was fun. That didn't work for me. I'm not going to buy those shoes. Thank you. Right. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's just so, and I just want to thank you for being our teacher and guide through this today because it's just so, it just, so many of us know this experience. I think so many of us know it on on both sides, like male, female, like queer, hetero, you know, all of these, like these dynamics of that process of the inside um, projecting and blaming, you know, walking away and being angry. 
um, one of the times I went to my therapist, I was so mad. I had a fight with my um, partner at the time. This was a long time ago, over 10 years ago. And, uh, and I, I went and I, I sat down with my therapist and I was like, we had the, we had this fight and then we had the conversation and we like made up and it's all over, but I'm still angry. Why am I still angry? Like, why am I still angry? I, it's like, it's over. And she said to me, you're still angry because, um, you think it's going to happen again. Mm. You're, that's a fiery wall mm. that's protecting you from it happening again. You don't actually believe that, um, that this instance resolved, but, um, uh, but the clarity. And that's when I learned that to really resolve anger, uh, most of the time, a reestablish or communi- communicated boundary needs to be. So either it's to ourselves, if it's kind of a you know more tertiary relationship, then it's a clarity in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a more uh, uh, reciprocal, more sta- you know, more frequent relationship or a longer term mm-hmm. relationship, then that boundary needs to be communicated, you mm-hmm. know, and that that's what allows the anger to calm. Because that anger is that fiery protective wall. And then mm. I wasn't able to relax because I was afraid it was going to happen again. And so your your peacefulness while looking at it, uh, to me, is indicative of the peace that comes from knowing it's not going to happen again. Like if I, if I did that and thought, uh, you know, if you came on this after that happened and you thought, fuck, I did it again. It's never going to mm. stop. I'm going to keep doing that. Mm. We'd be having a very different conversation. But yeah. you came in going like, oh, yeah, I did that. I'm done with that one, you know? <laughs> and like, that's a very empowering feeling. It's like, even, yeah. you know, that kind of that, like, um, you know, it's like fail, fail again, fail better, you know, mm. like that. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I really want to come back around again to the whole, um, like this deeper thread of elevating beyond the desperation and scarcity vibration, which I feel is really, really deep ancestral stuff, like way, 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 way deep ancestral stuff. Because truthfully, at one time in our evolution, like we had the tribe and like, this is our selection. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, this is it. This is all you got for a selection of possible mates, right? And we now really truthfully, you know, absolutely live in a world where we have unbelievable wealth of options and choices and capacity to connect with literally 7 billion freaking people. And and so as long as we're carrying this um, this desperation and scarcity and, and having to settle, uh, for less than our highest heart's desire and our highest body's desire, we really can't fully embrace and engulf and enjoy the plethora of options that we actually do have, the wealth of options that we actually do have around us. And so I feel like there's something about the, you know, the connection to scarcity versus wealth mentality that wants to be dropped into this conversation that, that, um, goes with the second thing that my pussy wanted to say, which is, yes, you can afford to be great and you can also afford to have great. 
right? right? Yeah. There's something that comes up for me when you talk about that. And one is that um, humans, at least the recent batch they've been researching, um, uh, are pretty bad at, at guessing what's going to make us happy. Mm. That we're like pretty most of the time wrong. And I think that that's for a number of reasons. Um, you know, the research uh, that I w- that was shared with me, it's just like hearsay. Um, I, I don't even know how to track down that uh, research, but I'm sure it's out there. Uh, credible source. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, wiring and, um, you know, that we tend to um, actually tend to orient um, – uh, we make emotional decisions and then rationalize them. Um, so we, we can often do a lot of like trickster stuff to our own head um, that people are largely disembodied or dissociative. So their emotional experiences are what you're talking about, like scarcity driven. They're not actually desire or pleasure driven. So the choices that they make are, um, uh, you know, not always actually connected to their actual desire. Like they're, they've never felt their desires. How would they know what would make them happy? Um, mm. some people don't even have, don't know what it's like to be touched in a loving way in which they feel safe. How mm. would they know then what kind of partner they would want? You know, if they've only ever been, uh, violently touched or not touched, mm. you know, um, and then later in life sexually touched, like how would, how would they know, you know, so the kind of variety in that. So I think about that piece that like, A, um, you know, mm. we don't, aren't necessarily great at guessing what we want. Um, what will make us happy. Um, and two, that like we get decision fatigue, that like that the the value of knowing that there's 7 billion people to me is that mm. it gives you permission or it gives me permission to let my standards be as high as my vagina and my heart and my soul wants them to be. Mm. Like that's where it is. Um, if I think that, if I take that mentality into all of my relationships and then people don't meet me where I want them. And then I leave every one of those relationships expecting Mm. to find it in another one. That Mm. seems potentially problematic or a little bit dangerous (laughs) in terms of just like going, 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 Um, you know, and I'm, you know, and I think it's very different if we go into a relationship, we look at that relationship as indicative of, um, well, I, I really value my relationships as a mirror, right? So every relationship can be a teacher in that regard. So I go into a relationship and if my standards aren't met and I'm not being met in that place, if I take the time and distance between person A and I come back to me, right? And I say, in what ways can I, can I reinforce? Can I get more clear? Can I, if I didn't, if they didn't listen to me as much as I want to be listened to, how can I come home and, and double up the way I listen to myself? Mm. How can I make yeah. sure that I'm really getting listened to? How can I know the experience of being listened to so that when I meet someone who's listening to me, they meet that standard or surpass it? You know, I think if you do that, then that permission of 7 billion people can be very empowering because you you let your standards be high. You look at it as a way to grow and to meet people. I think it could be a little dangerous if it's just a, I'll just keep jumping and looking that outside of me, if I keep looking, I'll find it. That's, I feel like it could be a little bit of a pit hole for, for someone who is looking for a quick fix, which is pretty Western. But tell me what, you, tell me your thoughts. Well, um, you know, I think I want to just make sure that I'm clearly articulating what I am intending to get across. And that is that um, 
that it's important to transcend with fact. Right. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. With actual logical fact that there is no scarcity of options. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. So, so let me make sure I'm being clear with that. Number one. Number two, <laughs> I want to, I want to speak about, yeah. um, a piece that you brought in there about people who have never experienced authentic, loving relationships. And I would raise my hand as somebody who's definitely feeling infant, infantile in that regard. Most of the relationships that I've experienced have been either abusive or, uh, you know, I've had violence in my past. I've had all kinds of interesting things. And so I think I want to make sure that we're clear that there's a reason people dissociate and that's because it's the safest thing for them to do and the safest place for them to go. And, and I think ultimately at the end of this conversation, if there's one thing that I would want to presence for everyone, that would be the coming back to yourself Mm -hmm. is the only way to any kind of health. And certainly without health, you can't have wealth. So coming back to myself in this particular vignette that we're talking about, what became clear for me was I did draw in a mirror. Thank you for mirroring me. And this mirror brought to me some new information. Number one, I can have a laughgasm. That was <laughs> fucking amazing, right? But just because this particular connection with this particular person in these particular ways of engaging, which in, that, in this case was oral sex, generated that result, just because that happened doesn't mean that this person has the consciousness that would necessarily be um, a match for the level of expansion and bliss that I was feeling in in this communication of this thing being a buzzkill to have to wear a condom when you know clearly he's somebody who. Um, is is engaged in sexual activities with more than one person. You know, that was a piece that I didn't incorporate into the story. So he's, he's definitely somebody who's engaged in multiple sexual encounters. And therefore, uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is I was able to come back out of this because I've done the commitment to myself. So the vow to myself is always to, uh, to, to look at the experience with, without judgment, but with discernment and say, okay, yes, the laughgasm was awesome. Yes, please. More, please. I would like more of that, please. Yes. After intercourse, 
he caressed my whole body. That was yummy. Yes, please. More please. I really, really, really like that. And, um, and yes to cuddling and having uh, somebody to be in the same bed with me for the first time in nine years. Fuck yes. Yes, we like that. And at the same time, no, we don't like painful intercourse. No, we don't like somebody saying it's a buzzkill to put on a condom when it's the first time you're having intercourse with them. And they've clearly been somebody who is having intercourse with more than one person. And no to even saying that in the first place when I made it clear multiple times that this was this was the rules of engagement if you're going to engage with my pussy in that way. So I was able to come out of that experience not holding any anything against him or against myself. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I do. I, I am holding a little something against myself and, and I'm holding something against myself around uh, why, like there, the question is in my head right now, why didn't you speak up? Why mm. didn't you? Speak up? So, so again, my work is to say, it's okay. You did the best that you could in that moment. Um, you're, you're experimenting, you're researching, you're get, gathering data, you're honoring parts of yourself. And, and yes, you definitely, there's more work to do around the places where you dishonored yourself and it's okay to take a nice breath and allow this to integrate and trust that you don't have to call him or reconnect with him and say, Hey, let's try this again because there, there will be another option and another opportunity that will present itself. So I can relax and let go of thinking, damn, if I don't make it work with this, I'm fucked. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be alone for like all that bullshit that goes, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life or I'm never going to have sex again or all of that. So yeah. So yes, there's 7 billion people in the world and no, I'm not going to fuck all of them. Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's just not enough time. No. (laughs) Or maybe if we all just started fucking one another, we'd solve a lot of problems. Who knows? I don't know. I think there's a little space between of here and there, but, uh, no, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, and thank you. I feel like you just, you just took us all just through such a, a journey. I think it's really a lot of people. I mean, from, from young, from young exploring, uh, you know, like people just having their sexuality emerge to people in their, you know, 50s, you know, well postmenopausal elders, like, you know, generationally, I think this is a lot of, there's like a lot of elements here that they're the same feelings come up with different stories, right? These emotional experiences are being passed down with different agendas around them. Um, you know, one story that I think happens for 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 my generation sometimes is like, well, I have to stay with this person because we both don't have a sexually transmitted disease. Oh, yeah. And and I'm scared. I was just educated for a decade that sex means you're going to get sick. And so if I'm with someone who, you know, so it's like now we have to make it work because of this. And it's like, that's some heavy shit. And it's like, that's this. it's like that's the same. That's the same. Um, 
rationale that's behind that, like that scarcity, that fear mentality that, uh, you know, and, and, and what happens when we come into like deeper and deeper and deeper, it's like, I feel it in my body. It's like, as I come into that place of worthiness and uh, possibility. And for me, what I'm really feeling in my heart is sacredness. When Mm -hmm. I like come into the sacredness of my body, the sacredness of my sexuality, uh, that is not interested in being compromised. Mm. And for me, it's like I feel that so deeply now because there were so many ways that I was uh, told I ought to compromise my sacredness. Sexuality mm. was just one of them, right? Mm. And and the way in which the process of compromising my sacredness literally made me insane. Mm. Literally wept for seven years, like literally lost my mind. And the way in which I regathered my mind and formed a, a, a stable sanctuary in myself was becoming unrelenting in my dedication to my to my soulful place. And and we talked about this in, in our work together, too, of mm. my body becoming a sanctuary for my soul. Mm. Yeah. And, and 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 that goes back to what I was saying before is it's about it's really the the devotion and the dedication must be to your own growing in your own self-awareness of what's real and what's true and what's good and what's beautiful and what's um, nourishing and uh, true for you and, and suspending the expectation. I think it's, you know, the word expectation is coming up as well. And as I'm talking about this particular man, like I know the self that I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago would have looked at this man and said, oh my God, he's so much better than all of these other experiences that I've had that I sh- I'm now going to compromise like three quarters of myself and turn myself into a pretzel because, oh, this is so much of a better fit than those other ones were. And the me I am today says, oh, no, we're just going to take the data and we're going to assimilate the data and we're going to redouble, double down on um, strengthening the parts of ourselves that we we are now observing require some additional strength without having to go back and regress and pick up the weaponry again and be on the attack and on the defense of my my honor like the work is not for me to defend my honor against him the work is for me to acknowledge my honorability within myself yeah. Yeah. And when we do that, we just move differently. Exactly. And yeah. we don't expect the other person. <laughs> key. To, we don't key. expect the other person to suddenly turn. Like, that's the weird thing that, that we do, too, is like, well, you know, you're a yes here, 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 and here, and you're a no over here. So fix these no's right. so that they become yeses in order to make, to fit my expectations rather than just saying, Oh, 
here's a pile of yeses, here's a pile of noes. Let's say, you know, let's decide and be clear that the noes outweigh the yeses in this case. And let's let's focus our attention, our intention, our desire, our attraction power on amplifying our own ability to bring forth even more of these wonderful, like, yes, I most definitely would like to have some more laughgasms. And he's not the only man in the world who's going to be able to give them to me. And I'm not going to expect that he's going to change all these other weird behaviors so that I can get the laughgasm. Like, I'm not going to make that trade. That's, I'm not going to make that compromise. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to project those expectations on him. What I'm going to say is, oh, in weighing these and also in remembering there's 7 billion more people and, and realizing I'm at the beginning of like, this is the first, second time I've been in, in any kind of space with this man, like, oh, let's stop now rather than going two years, three years, five years, 10 years into something that is, you know, ultimately um, not going to amplify what serves me and and would cause me to be pretzeling and expecting at the same time because that dynamic is really what's dysfunctional and that is what we want to eradicate in our lives right. in my life at least that's the choice I want to make for my own life if that makes sense yeah yeah makes sense to me <laughs> yeah 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 Let's take another breath. Yeah, there's there's one other thing I want to say. I just want to send love to this person. Mm. Appreciation and love and appreciation to myself for being just for being willing to do the experiment because like literally I've been single for 9 years, so it takes a lot of courage to just say, you know what? I'm going to freaking drive to Rhode Island and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, it's so, it's so, what a trip. Yeah. All right. I feel like I could like, we could like keep, we just like we could go all these places, but I'm, I'm feeling this gathering. So, um, so, uh, I kind of two last questions. Um, my first is, uh, just, um, do you, uh, where do people find you? I know you have a gift. If people want to learn more from you and, and play with you, tell people where to find you. What, what, tell, tell, tell people things. Sure. So for those of you who are turned on and excited, uh, about the idea of finding out more about me and what I have to offer and who I'm here to serve, I would invite you to visit my site at emeraldgreenforest.com. Basically spelled the way it said, emerald, E-M-E-R-A-L-D, greenforest, G-R-E-E-N-F-O-R-E-S-T.com. And I actually have a gift called the Instant Clarity Exercise for everyone. It's a eight minute, I think eight or nine minute audio requiring no opt-in. If you don't want to opt-in, that's just fine. It's sitting right there on the page. It's at emeraldgreenforest.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T. Um, and 
if there are people when they get to that opt-in page, it, it, there is an opt-in there if you want to find out more about my Men on Purpose podcast and get on my mailing list to know when the Men on Purpose podcast is uh, being broadcast. You're welcome to opt in for that, but it's not required for the instant clarity exercise. And I've created this instant clarity exercise specifically for the creative age leaders uh, out there in the world. And, uh, you know, we're living in incredibly uh, fast times and oftentimes confusing and challenging times. And I feel like it's hard for people sometimes to make decisions in the moment <laughs> be because of the I'm confusion. I'm just going to laugh over <laughs> your talking right now. <laughs> just gonna, sometimes a few of us have a hard time making decisions. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm being too gentle around that. Like a lot of times yeah. we have a, fucking incredibly hard time yeah. making decisions. And so we stay stuck in what I call the fog of confusion oh, and yeah. indecisiveness. And so when we have clarity and we become decisive, uh, only then are we able to, to create change in our life. Only then are we able to get out of tolerating and surviving and into creating and thriving. So the instant clarity exercise is designed to support getting clear on on one, two, or at most three decisions that are in front of you right now so that you can make those decisions and move ahead with your life. So that is uh, my gift to everybody who is listening. And um, I hope that it serves in some small way to clear the fog of confusion and uh, instigate more clarity in the world. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah root vaginas tend to know they're good for clarity help but getting down there and getting connected can sometimes be be a journey um i'm excited about that thank you mm -hmm. um and then okay so here is my other well i feel like um yeah yeah i feel like i would re well all right. Obviously, I feel like I'm oscillating here a little bit. Make uh, a decision, make girl. A decision, make a decision, girl. What just happened? The fog of confusion just happened to me. <laughs> go um, listen to the instant clarity exercise. Take a nice deep breath. How's that? How about that? We'll start there. <sighs> um. Yeah, I, it's 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 it feels risky, but I'm gonna go for it. Um, which is, I have my closing question is a different question, but I just wanted to say if there's, I feel like I would be remiss. If I didn't say, um, is there anything that you'd want to say about um, our work together? Um, oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Oh, God, yes. Holy fuck, yes. I do want to say some things about our work together. Oh, my God. I, first of all, I cannot tell you. I, I, it, I don't believe I have sufficient words. I mean, even with 7 billion words, uh, I don't think I have sufficient words to authentically and completely express my gratitude to you for your impeccability, for your 
devotion and for your courage to step into quite literally the void uh, where there is so much incredible latent potential for massive transformation and shift and simultaneously so much muck um, that requires a level of self-awareness and and faith in your medicine uh, that is just so exponentially beyond what almost any other medicine person is doing. To be able to put your self into the root, literally, and extract from the root those hidden, difficult, traumatic, oftentimes ugly, uh, oftentimes sticky, hooky, stories and experiences and dramas and traumas and to be able to do that with such clarity and cleanliness and devotion and love um like there there aren't enough words there aren't to say sophia thank you for being willing to be who you are and do what you do with women and men. Wow. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm speechless. Because you're real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you for modeling being able to receive too. I don't know what I was expecting, but that wasn't it. <laughs> um, Expectations, darling. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, thank you. And I, I feel like I, I just have to it, kind of in response to that and in that space, just uh, give thanks to all my teachers and give thanks to um, the, the miracles have, that have brought me to and through everything. And, um, and to say that, you know, when we make, when we make medicine, um, we make it together. And so, so your experience, Emerald, speaks uh, deeply to your, the depth of your practice and the, the courage of your work. So I'm, I'm, I'm humbled uh, that, yeah, that's, that your experience of yourself would shine so brightly towards me. Um, Thank you. And I'm not confused on that being really your light. Um, thank you. Yeah. Well, I feel like we also both want to thank the vagina herself. Yes. Thank you, vagina. I do. I do want to thank you. To thank the left, you, to the right, to the front, to the back, to the cervix, to up around, uh, to, to all of it. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole nine yards, the whole, yeah, the galaxies the cosmos for sure. Um, 
So speaking of the galaxies and the cosmos, this is we're going to lead into here. My, my closing question for you is I am I'm on a mission to help create the vision board of 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 the new earth of this healed uh, paradigm of the of this place of us coming through and believing in and and knowing and and birthing a, a, a shifted reality. What does that look like? What does it taste like? Who are the characters, um, be it art or an image or uh, a story or a song? Um, you know, if we don't know where we're headed, we might end up where we're going. And so in the process of, of mapping that, where are we headed? Where, where, where do we want? Where do we want to be going? So what is that? What does that help us paint a picture, Emerald? Well, I, I love that you said the glow, uh, you know, a new earth vision. And as you were saying that, um, I mean, I, I hold lots of vision for, uh, uh, unity in uniqueness, like bringing all of our uniquenesses together in unity. Um, it's not about homogeneity. It's about unifying while honoring the sacredness of the uniqueness of each of us. So from kind of a meta perspective, that's that's the vision that I have of this divine union that that celebrates the uniqueness of all beings, but the unification of each of us as we are all one breath. But as you were speaking, what came through for me was was interesting. Um, The first thing that I saw in my mind's eye as you were talking about that was the big red gash in the uh, United States that was um, on the map during the November 2016 election. And, and it is right down the middle of the United States, this, this country that, um, you know, ostensibly had as an underlying premise, unity out of diversity and and as I looked into the vision, the big red gash, which has the Mississippi River pretty much down the middle of it, felt very vaginal to me. And at the same time, it is the heartland of North America. So so that image came. And it feels like there is some incredible potency in diving into that root chakra, that vaginal opening of the people and the places and the land and the, uh, and the, the, that gash, that big red gash down the center of the United States, down the center of Turtle Island to see what's in there that could be cleared and released and transmuted and birthed. And then at the same time as that was showing itself to me, I was also presenced to the work of this woman who's been doing racial justice work for many years, and her name escapes me right now, but um, she's a white woman who's been doing racial justice for probably the last 30 or so years, and one of the things that she brings and presences for people is our United States-centric mapping that we have in our minds and she actually lays out the global map and shows when you show people the map of the whole world, it is the United States is actually small compared to 
Africa and Asia and other parts of the world. And so the invitation in moving us forward is seeing the the map in its true perspective in terms of letting go, particularly in the United States, of this, we are the biggest, we are the best, we are holier than now, we have the answer uh, kind of mindset and attitude. And then the final level for me is like looking at the earth from the moon where, or from space, where there's no freaking lines that say this is, you know, Boston and this is New Hampshire and this is Hawaii and this is Africa. There's no lines that that distinguish uh, one country from another. It's just one beautiful, amazing, magnificent living entity of creation. Yeah, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. It's Yes. Uh-huh. And it's just getting added to the, the vision board, this, this earth, this earth, uh, global perspective. It's like a deep reality check. Well, Emerald, Emerald Green Forest, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, many blessings. And again, thank you for your deep vulnerability or sharing being our teacher today and, um, for your wisdom and your work in the world and, and and your your gift your tool and your vision and uh and your reflection and and all of it thank you so very much well thank you for giving me the opportunity to express and for my vagina to have a place to talk (laughs) (laughs) and that's vagina talks Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. Oh, oh, you can subscribe to this mailing list by texting VTOX to 66866. I am Sophia WiseOne, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's knees and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about vagina talks right now.
Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know.